All right, and hey everybody, welcome to EM Over Easy. We are recording here at ACOAP Scientific Assembly Chicago. I didn't say live, which I'm sure made true. Well, I mean, we, we are currently live, currently, but when you listen to this, it, it will, will not be, be post-production, post-production, not live. Yeah, not live. So I, I, did, I said it right so Drew can grammarly be happy that I didn't use the inappropriate tense. We are George today, but... We're George. We're George. <laughs> we, we are going to get George, <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. We're George. We're joined today by George Willis, man, medical education extraordinaire, University of Maryland, Baltimore, clerkship director, NAPD, NAPD, which means I have no life, literally. Yeah, I was like, how are you even physically here? Um, we'll ask that question with my wife not currently listening to me on my telephone. <laughs> nice, and, and really wanted to bring on because uh, I had the opportunity to meet George uh, teaching course 2016 New York City. And was kind of just blown away by how awesome you are. And not awesome. to Thank you. your head's small. Hopefully it doesn't get bigger while you're here. And then we had the opportunity to hang out with him at the USACS teaching course this last August. Yeah, and I met him, what, uh, two years ago? We mm-hmm. were down at, in at Cabo Fest. Cabo Fest. Yeah, 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 yeah right. I got my first introduction to, to yeah. George and the awesome things going on uh, with the teaching course. Yep. And George's man crush. I mean, that's what it yeah, is. It's yeah, just it's a man kind crush. Of a man crush. It's, it's, Aww, it's man odd. Crush as, too. As, as we podcast more, like I'm checking out, I have this big list of all the FOMED people I wanted to meet. And this has been a great avenue to meet all of them. So it's, it's nice to actually have you on the show. Um, Thank you. I haven't met you before. Love being here. So one thing, one thing that kind of struck me when we were in Canton is you used a phrase that I had never thought of before. And I think it's a really, really interesting point. And rather than, you know, we're all educators here. We all work at residency programs. All, all teach faculty, teach residents, teach students. And, you know, so many times in education, we talk about the teaching moments. Mm-hmm. Like the decided that I'm going to go, I'm going to teach at you. Like, I don't know if you're ready for it, but here's some stuff and you better listen. Absolutely. And when we were in, in Canton, you talked about really the opposite of that, which was the learning moments. Yeah. And that was something that never, that it, I never heard before, but have always kind of thought about, but not in that context. And what, what is that idea? And what do you mean when, you, when you're saying that? So uh, it's a, it's a concept that I came up with when I actually started thinking about it, when I started doing my own teaching, you know, here I am a brand new attending. I have residents and medical students who are under me and they're asking me to teach them. And I'm taking them to the whiteboard and I'm showing them the pathophysiology of DK and I'm watching them fall asleep in front of me, literally standing up like a narcoleptic falling asleep. I would never do that to you, George. <laughs> Most people do because the pathophysiology of DK is completely fascinating to people who are fascinated by, by that yeah. stuff. And it's not <laughs> if you're not. So, yeah. So what I, what I would do is I would ask them afterwards, after the shift was over, what did you take home from that teaching session or the teaching sessions that I had with you or throughout the day? And it was crickets. They were literally like I didn't take anything home. And I started pondering that thought and thinking to myself, I'm either doing something wrong or I'm not focusing on the things that I need to be focusing on. Instead of focusing on the teaching portion, I should focus on the fact, are they learning what I'm teaching them? What is the learnable moment here in this teaching session? And so a way to kind of think about this in terms of concepts is if I hand somebody an EKG that has Wolf Parkinson's white on it and say, look at this EKG and tell me what you think is wrong with it. And that's my, what I call teachable moment. And they've done research on WPW throughout their entire career prior to, or they've had teaching sessions on WPW and they know all the ins and outs in WPW. What did they learn from that? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) But what I look for with a learnable moment is that what I call the aha moment, that moment when the learner looks at you and kind of gives you this, (gasps) the, oh, oh my gosh. And you see a light bulb go off in their head and it actually brings a smile to my heart. So... (laughs) I try to focus on finding the learnable moments in every single patient encounter that we have. So you're at a busy place, no doubt, high volume, where Andy and I, we are uh, high volume also. Sometimes just finding that moment, right, is seems impossible. 
I'm I'm ready. I'm the attending. I got my I think I got my learning teaching moment ready to go. Got and my I look list at the resident I'm cover. Yeah. And they are drowned in, right? The thought I'm like, hey guys, let's take a second. And then I, I think it's the right time. And the look in their, their eyes. It, it is like pure terror, right? They want to kill me. They've already eaten my insides out by rec- suggesting that we're going to do something other than just document and see the next patient. So how do we how do we break that mold and, and actually identify that true moment where I'm ready to teach, but the learner's ready to accept the teaching and, and learn and find that learning moment? Oh, absolutely. So one of my favorite things to do on shift is something that Amol teaches, which is the, the whiteboard pearls. But I, I call them sniper rounds. He actually has started calling them sniper rounds as well. And what that kind of implements is there's a teaching pearl in every single patient that you see. If it's an advanced learner, a senior resident, what I will typically do is let them come up with the pearl. That kind of forces them to think outside the box but when and teach even the junior learners. But the other times what I'll do is I'll actually put it on them myself. I'll say, well, here's a teaching pearl for an alcoholic who comes in who's fallen. What, what do you do? What kind of assessment tools do you use and things of that nature? So, what do I use? What, sorry, are you pimping me? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. I got nervous all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> well, Drew, what do you use? You know, because when you think about the learning moment, what, what, what's your go-to? What is my go-to? Yeah. No, so I, I like a combination. The, the what-if is a great one, right? And we talked about that a little bit. And then, um, gosh, I hate pimping, right? So I, I believe in the pimp-free ED is, oh, yeah. is essentially what oh, I go absolutely. with. Absolutely. But you have, to find, you have to find the threshold where the learner knowledge stops. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I just don't interact, right? So... I get a presentation or say they start talking about a patient and I just look back, look back at the resident presenting to me. They get that uncomfortable feeling that they're missing something. I go, okay, so what's, turn it back on them. What do I need to know now? What is my next question? What is my question to you? Make them think about it. Make them come up with what is the one thing missing from their presentation? What is that one tidbit of knowledge I'm going to ask them? And it's great because they come up with it 90% of the time. Or they're like, you know what? I didn't ask that. I'm going to go get it. I'm like, well, that's funny. I never would have thought of asking you that anyway. But yeah, please go back and talk to the patient about it. So, <laughs> thank you for solving your own problem. Thank you for yeah. solving your own problem. Yeah. And so that moment of silence. And I think that the moment of silence is huge in the learning setting because it gives the, the learner that moment to reassess what they just did and correct themselves. And I find when you correct yourselves, like that, that's magic, right? Because now they have that knowledge base forever or that teaching moment forever is going to stick with them because they did it to themselves. All I had to do is nothing, which makes my job super easy. I, I love that thought. So it's a very profound thought in medical education especially, but even in education in general, is that moment of silence. That moment of silence is so powerful. What you find most of the time when you have a learner and you ask them a question is they want to answer quickly because sure. they want to exude confidence. I got this. No I got problem. This. Here's the answer. Even if they're wrong, what I learned, one of the things that I learned in medical school and was actually taught to me by residents is even if the answer is wrong, answer quickly. <laughs> What's two plus two? Six. <laughs> So your answer is wrong, but it shows that you have confidence in your answer that you're sticking by it. What I actually like doing as an educator is giving that moment of silence so that they have that moment of doubt with the confidence in their answer where they say, wait a minute, let me actually think about that for a second. You know, maybe, maybe that's not the right answer. Let me come up. You know, maybe it's four. Maybe it is four. You know what it is for? Wow. You know, I didn't think about that. So when you have that moment of silence, it gives them time to self-reflect. Right. And I think that's super important for getting a learner to, again, come up with their own answer to self-assess themselves. So it's really, really important. I like the pause as well. I actually, I actually stole it from Drew. Uh, when he was, when I was a first year out attending, Drew was a chief. And I remember working a shift where he did that with a medical student. And I was just like, my mind got blown. I was, he was just like, just sat there and waited. And I was like, <laughs> what is he doing? 
And then, like, the student was like, uh, maybe I should include appendicitis on my differential. And, you know, she does drink alcohol. Maybe I... And she just, like, rolled off nine other things because mm-hmm. she just didn't talk to her. And so oh, I was like, like, perfect. Yeah, mine, blown. mine was blown. Um, I, I really like some of the other small ones that are their teacher. Drew knows I like to do, like, I like to make lesson plans, which is a little... No, you do. You lesson plan before your shift. It's amazing, right? This guy comes, like, he knows. These are, these are my five teachable things. And we're uh-huh. gonna, I'm going to... I'm gonna Find a way to do this on a shift. And luckily, I try to pick broad enough things that we, we luckily have at least one anticoagulation conversation a shift. We have one lady that might have cellulitis versus an abscess, so pretty bread and butter stuff. And so I like post pearls just because they're small, they're actionable. You know, For me, it shows learners like, hey, by the way, you thought we didn't learn anything today. Here are the things we learned. And then I started making these handouts. whiteboard teaching that you guys are doing in Maryland, yeah. lightning rounds, whatever, yeah. you know. And then, and then I started building these infographs that I like because it actually like, okay, so here's an infographic. I want you to write down everything you know about STIs. Yes. What's the diagnosis? What's the treatment? What's the, what's the prophylaxis? What's the other thing we have to worry about? Cause to me that shows like the pause, it shows me what the learner knows and then I can automatically teach a deficit mm-hmm. and it allows me to have that learnable moment rather than say, I'm going to force information down your throat. You don't know, or you already know yep. to like, okay, this is what you don't know. Let's talk about that. So I think that this is a great idea. Um, Again, if I think it's something that as educators, we probably all do. We just have never thought of it from that this is a learning moment. Rather than so moment. the important thing about that is that what you'll find most people, most learners learn the most from, obviously, is from clinical application. So they're going to remember the patients that they take home. And what you'll find difficulty with doing with a lot of these mini lectures is that if you just say you've seen 13 chest pains, and you say all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to give you some learning pearls on DKA, they're going to look at you. Where did that come from? What you, what, you, what you talking about? What you talking about, <laughs> you talking about <laughs> I haven't heard that at any point in time. No, no. I, nobody's <laughs> ever done that to you, right? Like, okay. I think I've only seen it done about a dozen times. Right. So, yeah. And so what I'll do is I'll actually incorporate that into the patient encounter. So I'll say, okay, so this person comes in and they have chest pain and you have an EKG that shows ST elevation MI, but you check their sugar and it's 600. And oh, by the way, they have an anti-gap metabolic acidosis. What does that make you think about? And obviously they're going to say DKA. Why would this person with a STEMI have DKA as well? Stressors. Oh, it's the eyes. It's the eyes. <laughs> eyes. I know this right. one. The eyes, the three eyes. So infection, ischemia, and insulin, and insulin noncompliance. And so ischemia can be a predisposing factor or an inciting cause of DKA. And so that gets them to think about patients who come in who are hyperglycemic and who may have a stressor or the opposite. They have a patient who is hyperglycemic in DKA and we don't focus on the stressor. We just focus on the DKA. So you don't fix the stressor portion. So I think that the, both of those concepts are, are very applicable to education. Especially You're using what field. ifs to make your lesson plan fit. Absolutely. Beautiful. I, I do want to add uh, one quick variation of the silence and, and I've coined this the Ron Burgundy. Oh. Right. So whenever the learner response to me but in the form of doubt or question my immediate response is to look at him and go i'm ron burgundy <laughs> followed by silence right so now like you i'm not answering your question right. you pose you pose the question you answer the question right yeah. the only problem with that is there's now generational gaps and not everybody knows ron burgundy <laughs> and i'm really struggling with this that needs to be part of our intern mandatory like you have to watch this movie <laughs> So very similarly, one of the things that we oftentimes do in medical education especially is that when someone says a wrong answer, especially really quickly, we're quick to tell them how wrong they are. And then, again, exude our excellence Puff expertise our chest. over them and say, I am the expert here and I am going to tell you the right answer. Therefore, you should bow down before me. Obviously, that's not the right way to do this because they're not going to take anything home from that. They're going to remember that you told them a pearl, but they don't remember the answer to the question. And so, again, this is where that pause becomes important. And then if they say the wrong answer and they continue saying the wrong answer – 
force them to figure out the right answer. Sometimes I'll even say, well, you should go look that up. That's a really important thing. And it's a way for them to get their own education. Most of the time, I even tell them where to go look it up at. Sure. <laughs> if absolutely. they go Google it, they're going to get some answer from Dr. Google, which probably is the wrong answer, as opposed to going off and finding it from a reputable source. Right. So I absolutely. think that that's a better way to educate in general. And isn't the real point of all this to make ourselves as teachers, educators, a little bit vulnerable so that the learner feels vulnerable too, right? Because if we're pimping, if we're putting up that front, if we're making them feel bad, we're puffing our chests, they're going to shut down as learners. But if we are engaged in their process and we're willing to meet them at their level and walk them through and hold their hand, we show a little bit of vulnerability on our end, right? I don't need to show you or tell you I'm better because we're going to do this together. Yep the learning goes so much better. And oh, I think that's what's beautiful about it. Yes, absolutely. So I was just telling this to the resident student organization yesterday during my keynote is that um, I want my learners to challenge me because that forces me to up my game. You'd be surprised how many times that our learners look at us as these big experts and geniuses in our field of emergency medicine, when in all actuality, none of us are experts. You know, I look at Amalma too, you know, and I, I hate, I'm not going to badmouth him because he's like my dad. He literally, I call him dad at sometimes. <laughs> he's, he's your, your medical med- med- education daddy. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, we've all been wrong. Almost been wrong. Mike Winters has been wrong. We've all been wrong in things that we do. So none of us are experts. We get it wrong all the time. And so we have to be vulnerable. We have to admit defeat. We have to admit when we're wrong. And when a learner comes and says to me, hey, Dr. Willis, I read this new blog post or heard this podcast on this new innovative thing in diabetic ketoacidosis. Have you heard it? Crap. I haven't. Like, you know? No, no, that was my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but I'm wrapped. Now I need to go back and listen to it. And so if you're vulnerable about that, your learner sees a hum- humanity to you, a human side that, that not a lot of us exude, that shows that we're vulnerable. They actually take a lot of what we say, as not just with a grain of salt, but also with a, with a sense of, oh my gosh, this person is down at my level, and I can probably trust them a lot more, and I want to be educated by that person. Whereas a lot of us are intimidated by these geniuses. You know, some people, I tell my medical students all the time, you're working with Amal Matu today, and you can see the sweat start to pour off their brow. Oh my gosh, I'm working with the Dr. Matu. When you meet him, he's such a humble guy. He's Absolutely. very, very humble. He's like the nicest guy in the world. And he never tells you, you are working with me today, and therefore, you should pay attention to everything that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> he teaches at such a, such a human level. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling to watch. You know, people, I've seen people at these big conferences who come up to Amal and follow him around like an entourage. But when you meet him and talk to him, he's such a, such a, such a humble human that, that you, realize, you don't realize that he's really just the nicest person in the world. <laughs> Well, George, we really appreciate you coming on. This was a great conversation. We could probably have this conversation for hours. Oh, hours. We're all, we're all as, as Jeff Rydell would say, meta when it comes <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, um, Very to meta. We're going to nerd out. We're going to nerd out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we appreciate you coming on. We know you're busy today. I know you're speaking later today at ACOAP. And if you guys don't know, follow him on Twitter, at DocWillisMD, yep. right? Or is that right? At Doc yeah. Will- yeah, Doc, Doc WillisMD, yeah. Because uh, he has got pearls coming out of the wazoo and also a super interactive when he... You can reach out to him anytime. He's super, I mean, he's hanging out with us, so he must be pretty approachable, down yeah. to earth, yeah. Yeah. Vulnerable. vulnerable. Make us not feel intimidated by, <laughs> by, by George Willis. presence. And don't forget to check out our other content on emovereasy.com and on our social media sites. Thanks so much, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Andy first, Drew second, Tanner, meh. Whenever. <laughs> Alphabetically, that also works. With it works very well. <laughs> <laughs>